Welcome, welcome, welcome to Run Mama Run. I'm your host, Michelle Schroff. Run Mama Run is a community of women that love, cheer, and desire the absolute best for each other. Give us a follow on Instagram, runmama.run, and Facebook, and our website. Hello, and welcome to Run Mama Run with Michelle Schroff. Today, my guest is Samantha Ng, and Samantha is a good friend of mine. We've been working together for a bit, and um, really excited to have you, Sam. Thank you. I call her Sam because it's easier. (laughs) I almost flipped the table, too, while (laughs) while I'm so casually just telling you. Her name's Sam. So, Sam, I asked you to be on the show today because, first of all, I had no idea that we were going to be in the times that we are, but found that it was very relevant for me to continue with the interview um, because of the times. And very interesting that um, when we were putting together Run Mama Run, we felt it was really important that we um, we represented everyone, not just, you know, white Christian women, that we represented women from all cultures, all backgrounds, you know, whether you're from um, America, born in America, but not necessarily um, white. And it was really, it was really cool because I've always admired you. (laughs) And every time, and I've probably been a bit of a fan because I always tell my daughters, oh my gosh, Samantha, that girl, she has the greatest fashion sense. She dresses so cute. I love her shoes. She always dyes her hair. Oh my gosh, I wish I could be so bold. And um, with your hair, because you cut your own hair, yes? Usually, unless it's like super short, which is going to happen often. What do you mean? Like when it's a pixie cut. That's you do evolved. pixie? Oh, okay. But just like trimming and layers and stuff, I do. Okay. Well, I saw the other day <laughs> on social media that you had posted a picture of you with a pixie cut and you said you missed your short hair. And I was like, you watch, she's going to cut her hair short. Yep. <laughs> but you look so cute. Long, short, pixie, whatever. But um, tell us a little about yourself, Samantha. Where you come from? What? I mean, really, you're amazing. You have the most quiet, gentle spirit, but you are so fierce, and I admire that. And I want you to share a little bit, maybe, why you're like that. Why am I like that? Yeah. I don't know. Come on. It's so hard. <laughs> Come on. Where are you from? I'm from Florida. I'm from you're Central from Florida. Central Florida. How'd you end up in New Mexico? Uh, by way of a lot of places. I grew up in Central Florida mm-hmm. until I was about like 20, and then... Oh, wow. Yeah. You were born there. Yeah. Okay, got it. And then my parents got divorced, and then so I moved with my mom to Seattle for a little bit, and then uh-huh. we moved. How here. old were you when your parents divorced? Thirteen. You were thirteen. Yeah. Okay. So seven years then you were in yeah. Seattle. Oral. No, sorry. I uh, well, they were divorced about seven years, and then we moved. Got it. Got it. Okay. So you moved from Florida, Seattle, Seattle here. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. I love Seattle. Oh, it's so fun. It's amazing. So your parents divorced, moved here, or moved Seattle, moved here, and then um, you've been here for? All together, I think like nine years. Oh my gosh, I just figured out how old you are. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm 33. What? I I didn't figure that out. I figured 29. No, thank you. Oh, look at that. (laughs) You're so sweet. Thanks. (laughs) You're amazing. You look amazing. 
I mean, and you are first generation American, mm-hmm. correct? On my dad's side, yeah. On your dad's side. Now, where's your dad from? He is from Guangzhou, China. Now, do you know where, have you ever been? I haven't been. Now, do you know where that is on the map? It is, it's, it used to be called Canton and it's like oh, okay. Southern China. So okay. like all the fishing villages. And, nice. Yeah. And is that what, what his family did? Mm-hmm. Awesome. And then you guys lived in Florida. Your mom is from? She's from New Mexico. She's originally from New Mm -hmm. Mexico. And your mom is Irish-Italian or Italian-Irish. Yes. Either way. Yeah. Yeah. It works either way. We had this discussion, (laughs) didn't we? 50%? We don't know. (laughs) Just because one of your parents is one and the others. (laughs) Or you just find out that your parents are complete liars like mine were. Um, Anyway. But they didn't know, so I guess they weren't liars. But so you guys lived Central Florida, and what was that experience like? I mean, that's the South, girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And you are Asian. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) How did that How did that work out for you? Well, I grew up in a pretty small town. Mm -hmm. Um, There was about twenty to thirty thousand people, I think, when I left. We Uh just got a Target a couple years ago. What was a big deal? Even though I don't (laughs) even live there, I heard about it. Um, <laughs> did you get pictures? No, but it's our only Starbucks then. Wait. So it was exciting. Are you joking? No. The Starbucks in the Target. Uh-huh. Oh, that's hilarious. Anyway. <laughs> um, and of course it was the late eighties, early nineties. Uh, right? Okay. Um, and we were the only Asian family at the time. What? <laughs> <laughs> I can just see you like teaching cultural classes, you know, like, Hey guys. <laughs> so when you, when you, I mean, obviously, people noticed. I mean, kids yeah. noticed. And when, because you and I had talked already about, you know, high school and what that looked like. And, but what did it look like being a little kid? And when exactly did you realize that you were different? I mean, did your parents ever sit you down and say, hey, Sam, honey, we got to talk to you. When yeah. you go to school, this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Or was it you had someone say something to you and you knew that? Yeah, I mean, because I was in a pretty, like, split atmosphere where in Florida, it was, like, all my dad's family, so Mm -hmm. I grew up kind of in this little, like, China bubble, Mm -hmm. and then everywhere else was definitely very American and Southern, Mm -hmm. Um, so I I knew pretty early on that I didn't look like my dad's family, and I didn't look like everyone else, Uh Um, but my parents never necessarily, like, sat me down to talk about that. I think it was more like they were hoping it wouldn't happen kind of thing. Yeah. Do you think it would have helped if they did? Or do you think that it was probably better to be baptized by fire than, you know, I mean, because yeah, sometimes yeah. you're kind of like, I don't, you know, I you'd be thinking about, about it all the time I think, or. I mean, it would have prepared me a little more. You think so? I think. Yeah. yeah. And to have that conversation of like, mm-hmm. you know, these people don't know. These right. people are ignorant. And uh, it's because of, instead of just everyone coming at me because right, I look different right. and not knowing why uh, they're that way. That makes sense. So that's probably advice you would give to someone that if they live in a community where it wouldn't be just like, you know, I'm going to be loud and proud about who I am, Mm -hmm. but your parents are going to be able to prepare you for what's going to happen if, if someone says something. And to even just like explain what it is, you know, like, especially it coming at like a five-year-old or something, it just seems like you don't like me. Right. It's not, you don't like my race, you don't like my people, you just don't understand, you were raised differently. It's, Mm. you don't like me and I don't know why. Oh, that's so true. And you you tell a story about you being on a school bus. Mm -hmm. So can you fill our audience in on that one? 
Um, it was kindergarten, mm-hmm. and I rode the. I think I was driven the first day, so the second day. Mm-hmm. Um, I rode the bus for the first time, and on the ride home, there was a sixth grader um, who kept calling. I don't know. Do I say it? Uh, just say the first letter of it. Okay. I'd rather. Yeah, let's not <laughs> perpetuate like, that. Anyways, yeah. they they call me a derogatory term for Chinese people. Right. Um, and he was saying it and he was almost like kind of like joking, but it was just something about it where like, I just knew I didn't like it. Right. Um, and I didn't like the way he was talking to me, even though I didn't understand what he was Mm -hmm. saying. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I, I came home that afternoon and I was just like eating my snack and I wanted to ask my mom about it, but there was, I was still like, there was a part of me that knew I shouldn't say it and I didn't know why and I was afraid I'd get in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) So then finally, like I asked her, I was like, so what does this word mean? Mm -hmm. And that's when we like had our first, had your first conversation. Did you feel, um, like, Oh my goodness, you know, people know I'm different by the way that I look. No, because I already knew that. Uh huh. I was very like aware Aware of the fact that you didn't look like everybody else. Yeah. Cause I didn't even look Chinese to the Chinese side and mm. I didn't look white to the white side so I was just this weird and that's like, a whole other yeah. can of worms <laughs> yeah. that you probably that, well actually I know that you lived through and that was a struggle growing mm-hmm. up up until you were in high school is when you kind of came around is mm-hmm. that right yeah what and and explain to our audience what that what that looks like when you are biracial and you don't necessarily look like one race or the other mm-hmm. or more of yeah well like my s- older sister she was born and she looks pretty much full Chinese. So okay. she was very easily identified as that. Mm-hmm. Um, and with me, I've always felt like I have this weird mix of both where I could go either way. Like mm-hmm. right? <laughs> I could play the white card. I right. could play up the Asian card. Um, <laughs> but just the, the time that I grew up in with um, my dad and my mom's family didn't really get along and they didn't like each other mm. for personality reasons and racial reasons. Okay. Um, so I was very, I knew very early on. And it went both ways. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, okay. Yes, yes. Um, so I just knew very early on that I was different and they didn't like me because of it. Like mm. I was almost a nine pound baby. I was bald. Uh-huh. I had all these rolls and they just had these like delicate little Chinese babies. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like 10 pounds heavier than all of them. <laughs> 10 feet taller and I'm like, oh, oh that's hilarious I would have, and still to this day like I'll see a really like cute petite little girl and I'm always like oh. I want to be that petite <laughs> I want to be a ballerina that's hilarious oh my god we always want what we don't oh. have I always wanted curly hair yeah. and I have some, my hair is so straight but my daughters all have like if they let their hair dry naturally which they never do which makes <laughs> me so angry because I'm like I want curly hair but I married someone that has really curly hair so my, all my daughters have curly oh. hair I know live through them I do <laughs> although I try to but they you know they're yeah. all grown now and they won't you know allow me to fix their hair (laughs) (laughs) no but I know what I know what you're saying whereas you know with with hair I can curl my hair I can straighten my hair I Mm -hmm. can you know I can do whatever whereas you can't change the way you look Mm -hmm. which by the way you are stunning I I always (laughs) I actually always refer to her as my Chinese queen Um, (laughs) because she is um so uh so what fascinates me about your story is that, you know, in this time, you know, we talk about racism, we talk about, you know, look, being, you can't change those things about you. With you, you weren't accepted even by your family. Mm-hmm. I mean, how difficult is that? I mean, to know that I'm going to go to my grandparents' house or to whoever extended family, I'm not assuming that it's just your grandparents, but 
go to my extended family and they're going to even treat me differently. I mean, what does that do for a little, especially a little girl? I mean, I don't know about you, but (laughs) girl, I was like, my grandma worshiped me. (laughs) I was like the youngest grandchild. So my, my grandma really did. She was just, Oh my goodness. When I came over, I could do whatever I wanted, eat Mm -hmm. whatever I wanted. Um, so I can't even imagine being treated differently because I looked different, Mm -hmm. you know, or even just that. It sounds like there was a lot of resentment to, Mm you. Oh yeah. You know, to cross those racial lines. So, and then now your older sister, you said, now, she experienced the same things, correct? Yeah. Even more so. You said you felt like you kind of went under the radar with most people other than your family. I think, I mean, at least through, like, the teen years and stuff, like, and still to this day, like, I can try to, you mm-hmm. know, play it up, put on the white face. Like, right, 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 <laughs> right. Put my head down. People don't really notice as well. But, right. I, you know, I feel like with her, with school, just from what, if we're five years older, so it's not like we really You're interact. five years older? She's five, She's years, five years, older. years older. Okay. Um, it's not like we directly interacted in school and stuff but right. there was no hiding that she right. was Chinese right. like a hundred percent and her experiences <laughs> you think were the same probably if, if not worse if not yeah. worse yeah because you were like yeah <laughs> if you did like a real intense cat eye you know yeah, right? <laughs> you could well, be people like people wouldn't what? know and especially like in Florida and they didn't there was like one other black kid in my elementary school and we were the two minorities. Um, wow. So a lot of times people would just like kind of start speaking Spanish because they were just like, maybe it's this. Are you serious? <laughs> I know. And I'm like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's funny. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Florida is like, oh, you're from Cuba. Like, oh, you're from Puerto Rico. that's like, right. Yeah. That's right. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> As opposed to just saying, hey, what are you? Well, we got that a lot. Would too. you, that would you really be offended? Annoying. Well, just because like growing up, people like strangers that you don't know would like stop you and ask you random questions like, where are you from? You know, where were you born? Really? Like America. Um, Or like one time my favorite was like the guy that stopped me and my sister on the way to a concert to ask us what our genetic makeup was. What? And it's just like, I mean. Genetic makeup? (laughs) Wait, hold on. (laughs) I know. I'm like, if I know you, like, I don't mind. I'd rather instead of you like guess and stuff because I can, I would question that and right. I would want to know if I know someone if you know them yeah but if you're like a stranger that's a pretty invasive like question to just like I'm white and people ask me all the time what I am because I'm where I'm from I'm from my background is I grew up in LA mm-hmm. I grew up around a lot of black and Mexican folk and guess what I sometimes will f- I mean, I joke all the time. You can take the girl out of the ghetto, but you can't take the ghetto out of the girl. So there's times people go, where are you from? And I'm like, what do you mean where am I from? I'm from L.A. And oh, okay. Are you okay? Because at first I was like, is she from the South? Or maybe she's from New York. Or, and I'm like, no, my best friend's Puerto Rican. She's from Long Island. You know, I'm like. I just have this this talent of being able to copy people the way that they talk. So it's confusing. And I'll slip in and out, and I don't even realize it. Well, I'll, like, straight (laughs) up, if I'm really tired, I will start going into a southern accent. I was going to ask you that. Yes, or if I watch anything. Because that's a long time to live somewhere, and you don't have a southern accent. We were watching, like, Songland or something, and Uh they had a country thing. So, like, throughout the whole episode, I kept, like, doing it. But oh, if I man. get like really tired, I start forgetting English words for things. <laughs> so then I'm like talking Chinese with a southern accent. I love it. I, like, I can't help it. I love it. That is, see, to me, that's like I, what I picture heaven being like. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't right? know. Like we, we all know what we each all saying. understand. Yeah. yeah, we all understand each other. And you know, even though I slip in and out of, you know, I'll I'll talk with a Spanish accent or, <laughs> uh, you know, like I'm from straight from you know Compton. And my my mom will often look at me and she's like, Oh, Michelle. Could you? St- no, th- you're not going to believe what she said to me the other day. Could you stop with the Russian accent? <laughs> I can't understand you. I'm like, Russian? I was like, what are you talking about? Isn't that hilarious? It's like, Where okay. So now I can't even get my accent straight. I've been away from home too long. <laughs> oh, well. It's okay, though. I'm, I'm, a, I'm all right with that. But um, so now in New Mexico, <laughs> we don't have a lot of Chinese people here. <laughs> no. You have more than you used to, which right. is awesome. Right. We talked about as far as Chinese New Year and stuff mm-hmm. that there now it's a Chinese um, cultural, center. cultural center. And see, I'm, I'm like curious. I'm like, can I go hang out over there? I'm sure. I don't think it's open right now. Right. But, but Chinese yeah. New Year. And the, well, they have like a hole where they teach like Chinese. They teach huh. martial arts there. They have a little store. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I heard through my nail tech that because we have a child that's um half Vietnamese Mm -hmm. and we found out that there is a Vietnamese cultural center also Mm -hmm. because my son wants to learn Vietnamese and they said that if I went that I could that that they probably have people that are there that would be willing to teach Mm -hmm. him Vietnamese now he's not from Vietnam he's um his biological father is Vietnamese and um you know he so he's half Vietnamese but I'm like hey let's do that let's give that a try homework will be difficult because I don't know Vietnamese. Yeah. You'll <laughs> but be learning it with That's him. right. I thought about that too. I was like, I would love to learn Vietnamese. When I was a little girl, um, I was envisioned my dinner table being, um, I don't know, 15, 16 kids from different places. And it's weird because now I look at my kids and they all look like they're from different places, even though most of them are from New Mexico. Um, but how cool would it be to just go check out your you know, your nearest cultural center, Chinese culture, Vietnamese culture, whatever cultural center you have to learn and educate yourself on different cultures. You know, obviously we have the internet at our fingertips, Mm -hmm. but to to actually go and speak to people and ask questions. Mm -hmm. And I'd imagine that they don't mind you asking. No, no, that's what they do. Right. Mm -hmm. So I would suggest to all of our audience that if you're, if you're interested or if you're curious, go check it out. You know, I know that we have, um, well, actually, when I went to D.C., not saying, you know, you got to go to D.C., but if you live in D.C. or near, there's an African-American museum there that is just Museum of Art and History. Oh, my goodness. Have you ever been? No. Oh, my goodness. It is probably my favorite museum there. It's newer. It's so beautiful. And there's so much information. Like, it'd probably take you a week to go through and absolutely devour everything. So that would, you know, be my advice. Now, with with being... You know, you, you joke about being able to go under the radar, but, you know, with COVID and, you know, it, when it first was made public, they called it the Chinese virus, correct? Mm-hmm. And then they, you know, here in New Mexico, we had some foolish business owner that was kind of mocking the name and, you know, rhyming it with our, our governor's um, uh, last name. And, you know, it was really, I, when I saw it, I thought, wow how must people feel that are Chinese, you know, that, that, wow, we got a virus named after us. This is great. Mm-hmm. I mean, what does that do for, for someone that just really wants to make a good life for themselves? And this, 
you know, what, what does that do to you? How does that make you feel or what goes through your head? Well, I think it like automatically kind of brought me back to where I did grow up where, Mm. you know, you didn't know if you're going to go to the grocery store, if someone was going to call you names, follow Mm. you out to your car, things like that. Mm. So I immediately was like, started to be like scared, scared of like, right. Going to different places and, Uh you know, things like that. And then (laughs) just, um, I know oh, you're fine. <laughs> you're you're totally fine. So a, as far as just being able to, you know, just live normally, you felt like you were in the routine of life and then that just yeah. interrupted things. Just a little more, I think, aware of my surroundings more than normal. Right. You know, a little cautious of people around me, mm-hmm. um, cautious of being too Chinese. If right, you know. right, right. And Especially you, out here. Yeah. You had mentioned that you were at a particular store and you overheard a conversation and um you want to share with us a little bit of that yeah it was before we were in like complete lockdowns mm-hmm. we were still able to go to places before the right. masks and stuff it was slowly starting um and I went to Target to like pick out some new makeup and the aisle next to me I could hear the girls there that uh-huh. worked there um just talking about about the virus and talking about Trump and mm-hmm. you know just saying that how it is a Chinese virus and they don't know why people are mad when you call it that. Call it what it is. Chinese people are dirty. Oh. And I'm just like picking out like my eyeshadow, like crying. <laughs> <laughs> right? I just wanted to get some eyeshadow. See, and you're so sweet. And I'm like, I'd fight them. <laughs> I think honestly, because I was like. Shocked? Probably. I, yeah. You were that, probably shocked, truly. And then also like it's just I think the years of dealing mm. with it to just like head down, nose clean, snitches get stitches kind of right. mindset. So do you think that it's really just like a trigger then? It's really something mm-hmm. that triggers you and brings you back. Mm-hmm. Wow. And how do you deal with it? I mean, is that something that you're like, okay, this is, you know, this is my, you know, not who I am. Mm-hmm. It's, it, this isn't a, a um, Something I have to prove to people that right. I'm not or that I'm not like them or, I mean, for me, I just go, gosh, and, and, and I hate to, I'm not getting political by any means, but as far as, you know, just white privilege and just be, I can't, in my mind, it blows my mind. You know, for me, I had struggles with, you know, we were poor and, you know, I'd get made fun of because we were poor. I was, my mom was all like absolute clean freak, but you know, I wasn't like in today's fashion or mm-hmm. that was like the biggest thing I ever got teased for. And that was hard for me, but I can't compare that to literally just existing mm-hmm. and people making fun of you or bringing up things about you that aren't true. I mean, dirty? Come on, people. Yeah. How, how, um, what little exposure you must have to people to be able to say something like that, right. you know? So is that something that you talk through, that you, you know, try to educate yourself on or try to educate others on? I mean, it's something that I've kind of struggled with for a while as far mm-hmm. as, like, I think now, especially everything that's, like, happened, like, culture is finally seems to want to listen. Uh-huh. But majority of my life, it's been, you know, even even friends that like mean well, like you try to like explain a story or like, oh, this happened. They're like, oh, it's not a big deal or you're just being sensitive. Oh, wow. I I got that one a lot. And it's like the same thing that I tell them where it's like, even if let's say a Native American, I call them Indian and they ask me to not. 
Right. Even if I don't understand why or still, that seems yeah. stupid, whatever, if I can do something that doesn't hurt someone else, That's why right. am I not trying to do that? Right. That's and good. That's so good. And it's so true. It's, I mean, you want to be able to honor people. You don't want, you, why go around the, in this world and just go, that's what makes me comfortable. So I'm going to yeah. do it and say it. And even though it does affect someone, that'd be like me, like telling my kid that they're stupid because they missed a, you know, five math problems out of six. And yeah. like, that's hurtful. That's, I, you need to teach, you need to, you need to show people the right way. And I think when we're so, you know, hard headed and I think it's just really, we don't want to change. Mm-hmm. We don't want to alter our lives or to think even for a second that what we might have said might have been hurtful or wrong. Right. You don't want to be wrong. That's so true. It's so true. And being able to just lift that veil off and look at ourselves and go, you know what? We can make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And if we do, just admit that you've made a mistake and and make it right. Apologize to the person. Mm-hmm. You know, there have been times I can remember, um, you know, looking at someone and thinking there's something that they're not. And, you know, like. Oh yeah, you. Um, I remember when I was a kid, I had a hard time because I grew up in a multicultural area. I had a really hard time telling Chinese and Japanese people apart. Now I can very well, and even Korean now. I've gotten to that point. And I remember calling someone um, Japanese, and they were Chinese, or vice versa, or something. And I remember that they they weren't rude about it. They were just like, "No, I'm." And I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't try to defend it. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Try, oh, well, you looked. I can't. Or yeah. y'all look the same or whatever. They don't. And people are people. And mm-hmm. I mean, if you can't take the time to notice. Right. And, and if you don't know, don't ask. Yeah. Or don't say. You yeah. know, you can ask, ask but yeah. don't say. So and also where, I, where I'm from also, um, like if someone was from Central America and they weren't from Mexico and I said, hey are you Mexican or you from Mexico? And they would be like, you know, Mm -hmm. and there, and it would not be an easy, you know, thing for me to backpedal. I mean, there's how many different races and nationalities out there? Come on. I can't learn them all. Although I try and I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by different cultures and I want to learn and I want to, um, learn as much as I can. And when I, like I had talked to you about this when I was in fourth grade, I had a, a teacher that the entire year we learned about Japan. And that's actually when I learned about, you know, the differences. Japan is an Island. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. And learning those things and learning about the way, you know, the dress, the food, the, and how different it is. And it's so cool to be able to talk to your kids about that and learn with your kids and, as, as a parent, I think that's our responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't just pour into, okay, at least for me, and especially, bef- and even before we adopted children from different races, um, we had three daughters and then we adopted a child from Russia. And I felt this huge, and when I say burden, it's not like, it's so horrible, but it's a burden. Like I really need to be doing more. Mm -hmm. I need to be reading to him more about his culture. And, you know, I don't want him to ever feel like, um, we just adopted him from Russia and we don't want him. We just want him to be American. I mean, Mm -hmm. how silly is that? You know? So he's 20 now and he talks about, going back to Russia mm. because, you know, we have pictures and we show him the pictures and, you know, we talk a lot about it, how it is there and he can't imagine it. He's just mm. like, I want to go. I say, go, you need to go. Right. You've got to check it out. And we, and I think a lot of times that folks don't, they don't even get out of their own neighborhood. 
to see that life is different mm-hmm. in different places, mm-hmm. you know, and even, um, the idea we had gone to Haiti and this was la- actually this time last year, I was in Haiti today and the, how different the people are in Haiti. Like you go to one little neighborhood and then you go to another one and I'm like, Oh my goodness, why are the people here so tall? You know? Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh, because, and then they would explain it to me. I'm like, Oh, okay. I get it. You know, or we'd go to a fishing village or we'd go to an area that was closer to the water and, oh, I get it. Even in such a tiny little island, folks are different mm-hmm. and that's okay. It's, it, it, it actually helped me to understand that in my neighborhood, I'm not going to learn a lot if I live in a neighborhood with people that look just like me mm-hmm. and my kids are going to school with kids that look just like them. I want my kids to be able to see different cultures and to ask questions and learn mm-hmm. And if that would have been your experience, you guys would have been able to educate. You guys would have been able to come alongside of people mm-hmm. and share your culture because Chinese culture is so beautiful. It's, oh my goodness, the food alone. I'm sorry. <laughs> and that's what your family did, yes? Yes. They owned restaurants? My dad owned a restaurant, yeah. Ama- Does he still? No, no. they sold it. Darn. I <laughs> did you see I, I was going to try and get you some fine. food off you, girl? <laughs> now, did you... Do you know how to cook Chinese food? A little bit mm. that I learned. What's your specialty? My I make a really good wonton soup. Mm. I fold my own noodles. I love wonton soup. Why don't you do a little YouTube video, girl? Okay. Come on now. But then everyone's going to know my secrets and it was passed come on from on. the family. Uh, and it's a whole ancient. Yes. Ancient Chinese secret, right? Yes. Oh, come on, <laughs> Sam. I want to learn. No, that would be really cool. We could put it on the Run Mama Run, <gasps> Cooking with Sam. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I have plans for you, girlfriend. We always like to ask our guests this one question, and we give it to you ahead of time so you can think about yeah. it so you don't feel like, you know, pressure, because it is a deep question. But if you could change one injustice in this world, what would it be? Well, I've been thinking about it because I've had about a week to stew on mm-hmm. it. And it's like with everything going on and everything we're talking about, it kind of seems on the nose. But mm-hmm. I think just racism and hatred. Mm-hmm. like, where? Do you, how do you think that can be changed? Because it, yes, yes I agree yes. 100%. But how, where do, what do you think, I think the change of that would be? What we've kind of mentioned were, the conversations need to happen. Mm-hmm. People need to speak up and people need to listen. Because mm-hmm. um, I think for too long, like it's been shut down. Like I don't want to have to deal with that. So I'm not going to listen to you. Mm. And if we don't listen to other people, we're never going to learn. That's right. That's so true. That's so true. And, and the idea that admitting that we all, we all have had racist thoughts or mm-hmm. racist ideas, even, you know, Oh, well I thought this, or I thought, well, that's probably something that you learned from either your family mm-hmm. or from a movie or, or a memory. You had one bad run in. Exactly. So now when you see a Mexican guy on the street, you walk right. the other way. Like, that's right. That's right. Those are those, even those subconscious things that you don't realize mm-hmm. that sometimes you do mm. that are just the little seeds. Right. And, and being able to not do those things, mm-hmm. being able to catch yourself and go, why am I doing that? To recognize and to have that conversation even with yourself. Because when you even think about it, like your, your analogy of, okay, so you're, you know, you see a Mexican guy and you, you go to the other side of the street or you grab your purse or whatever. Just think of the fear that you've created. Yeah. Mm. You've created it. Mm-hmm. That person didn't. They're just walking down the street. And now that person, if they notice it, ha- is having a memory with you doing that. Right. What an ugly, vicious cycle. Ugh. Sam, you're the best. 
always, always have been, always will be. I'm so thankful that you decided to come and talk to our audience. I know that um, right now, you know, Black Lives Matter. Yes, we are. We are about it. That's where the pressure is being added to right now. But we do have um, we do have a lot of work to do. And I truly hope that bringing the attention to this this movement of, hey, black people are here and they we we must love them Mm -hmm. like we do ourselves. And I hope and pray that that permeates to every type of racism. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Run Mama Run podcast. Check us out on social media at runmama.run. And mamas, keep running.